everybody and welcome back to another episode of simply unprofessional tonight i'm your host rob and with me tonight i have b hello and james hi and for the first time ever we've got heather hello head of feta cheese how dare you <laughs> yes head of feta cheese uh so today guys we're going to be talking about heartstopper again uh, if you've heard our episode with me and Apple discussing it, um, this is going to be a little different because um, we're going to have Heather and James talking about it as well. And B saw it for the first time today. Well, earlier, last night, yeah. yeah, last night today. Uh, <clears throat> so um, we're going to talk about season one again, and we're going to make predictions for season two, which James is barred from making predictions from season two because he's read the book. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, we're gonna be doing that, and then we're gonna watch season two, and then our next episode will be about season two. So I look forward to that. Um, as we'll, we were gonna do season two, just season two, but we didn't get through season two because we had never seen season one, and then also I figured it would be better because it'll give people time to actually watch season two if you're afraid of spoilers. So there you go. Um, so yeah, so spoilers for season one, definitely. Um, at least. Uh, so, yeah. If you haven't watched it by now, it's your fault. To <laughs> the three people listening. <laughs> Hi, Kat, That's... by the way. <laughs> Hi, Heather. Hi, oh, wait, Judy. <laughs> yeah, Kat, Judy, and Heather. Our three <laughs> listeners. Now we get like 18 listeners usually. That's our average, so. Hello, whoever you Hello. are. <laughs> I myself. Um, <laughs> uh, now I lost my train of thought. Heartstopper season one. Yeah, I know, I know. I was going to say something. We were just going to ask B why, who her oh. favorite character is and why is it Ben? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say that B did say, because we were said, oh, if you haven't watched it yet, it's your own fault. B was like, why did I not watch this sooner last night? <laughs> Yeah, well, when I first started watching with you guys, I was like, mm, I hope I'm going to like this because there was a good chance I wasn't going to because I don't trust I don't trust other people to make suggestions for things because almost always I don't end up liking what other people like. But then I have to remember that that's mainly coming from like my family or like, like, you know, my boyfriend, usually straight people. I don't like the stuff they suggest to watch very often like usually i just that i don't find it funny or entertaining because i really like the like um heartwarming and cute stuff or comedy that like has a lot of like i guess like the like gay comedy you know mm. there's, a t there's a sense of like you know what i mean when i say gay comedy if you're lgbt yourself um and so yeah i was a bit nervous but i'm really glad i watched it. it was really good and i actually really am excited to watch season two so yeah i wish i watched it sooner 
Another good show I can suggest is The Good Place, which I told Webby, and he said he added it to your guys' it's watching. It's on our list. Yeah, I yeah. see it on the list, yeah. But I, I found that and super hilarious. I think you will, too. <clears throat> anyway. Well, I want to make you guys watch Love, Victor Fest before that, because it's just like, it's got, it's like Heartstopper, but in a different way, and I think you'll enjoy it. Yep. And then I, I'm going to watch Love, Simon, which I almost watched a while ago, but then it was like, oh, this happens after the events of Love, Victor, and I couldn't find Love, Victor anywhere. No, other way around. Oh, well, other way around. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to watch one, but then it said I should. Yeah. I don't, but I will watch them sometimes. Hmm. Especially if they lead into a a series. A lot of problem I have with movies is one is the long, like I can't pause and stop and go do something else if I want to, like I can with a TV show. But also the fact that it's like, okay, so this is this long and then it's just done whereas with the tv show usually you have like a whole season you can watch it's like oh if i like it i can keep going whereas the movie it's like i like that movie but now it's just over <laughs> right i see what you mean well wait, i could watch love simon with you and then watch love victor mm, sounds good yeah. anyways hat stopper yep um so who was your favorite character because i don't i doubt it was ben since you kept saying you hoped he got hit by a bus yeah i really <laughs> wanted him to like get run over can i say by the way one before i say about my favorite character i think my favorite thing about this i did mention this a couple times when we were watching it last night i really love that it's actually not just like a british show but it's actually based in the uk it's you know they actually talk like british people because so many shows that are especially that are made by like americans that are like based in the UK, like say sex education, for example, are so Americanized. Like the school is like very much a mix between like American school and British school. And then like their language, they speak with Americanisms all the time in their British accents. And like, I don't know what it is, but but to in order to appeal to American audiences, it seems like British show creators feel like they need to constantly like essentially erase what makes the show British, you know? Mm-hmm. And it really, it's really annoying. So I really liked that in Heartstopper. It was actually genuinely British the whole way through. Um, yep. I think my favorite character. It's difficult I'm... because, like, I really, I, I like Charlie. Obviously, Charlie has a really nice character. Um, and I think his personality is really sweet. But I also really like Nick because I kind of feel for him in a way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, yeah. it is difficult when you're first figuring stuff out and coming out. But I think I'm probably going to end up going with like L because. I feel like I will relate to her the most. Not, not surprising. I mean, uh, you two are going to relate more to gay male characters. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. going to relate more to the trans female character. So. Um, quickly, back to the British thing. Um, you did say the only thing you saw that noticed that they changed was that they had lockers and you normally would not have lockers in the Yeah, so British like, school. it's very rare to have lockers in a school. My school did not have lockers until I was in my sixth form because they'd, they'd built lockers when the school was rebuilt but even then there was only like one wall of lockers and you had to actually put a deposit down to use it and then you'd get the money back at the end of the year as long as you didn't cause any damage to it or anything so like because it kind of like to deter people from needing one in the uk we don't leave stuff in lockers like you guys do instead teachers have like shelves at the back of their classrooms that have like a drawer and each draw is like a like a deep draw, and each draw will be labeled with the class's name. So like if I was in like so basically the best way to describe it is you saw tutor groups, what they call tutor groups or form groups, uh, which which is where they um they come to like a room 
with people from mixed sometimes mixed years my school was not mixed years but that's the reason why they were in the same classroom even though they were both in two different years at school because they were a tutor group they wouldn't obviously be in the same actual classes together because that wouldn't mm. make sense they're in different years but um essentially they come together for tutor groups my school did not have mixed year tutor groups they were same year but your tutor group usually has a name so in my school and most schools to be fair they go by the letters of the person's like the, the, the teacher's name so like, like i don't know let's say like um tw or something like the person's name was like i don't know todd williams if the teacher was called that then the, then your class would be the year that you currently are followed by that number so if you're in year 10 you would be 10 tw does that make sense that would be your like classes so then when mm -hmm. you go to like class they would have them labeled the books labeled by the year group that they have and which and which population that is from as well because each form group is separated into two populations some school do x and y my school did um a population and x population if i remember correctly and then basically that would like essentially mean when you have class if that makes sense and so they leave that as labels on the folders so that they know which class is coming in at what time and then inside those books in those boxes sorry they would have all your books and stuff in there so like all your all your workbooks and exercise books and stuff are kept in the class at all times inside of drawers at the back so like each day you'd have usually teachers would designate like a either the teacher would do it before the lesson or they'd designate a child in the class to be like the person who gives the books out and so you'd start class and you'd go in and your books would be being put out into your seating plan of where you normally sit for you when you go in and then when you're done you'd go and put your own book back in the box before you left so you never took but your books home what if you needed your books to do your homework if you were assigned homework 97 percent of the time they would give you on a piece of paper until i and or alternatively, if you needed your book to do homework, then those days you would have to take your book home. But they've tried to make it very rare that that would happen because kids would leave the books at home all the time. And that would make teachers really annoyed if you left your book at home because all your work's in it. So they would very, very rarely want you to take your book home. And by the time I was like, what, 15, we were doing our homework online. Hmm. So there was no need to take your book home. You know, like all my maths yeah. homework, for example, when I was a kid was all online from the, th in fact, it was online from year eight. So I was what, four, maybe uh, 12, 11. Uh, so yeah, 13. I was 13 by the time I was in year eight. So by the time I was 13, we were already doing our homework online. So there was no need to take your book home. So there's right. no lockers because there's nothing to store. And we don't keep, you know, like how they usually get, like sometimes you have to buy your own textbooks or get given a textbook or whatever. We yeah. don't, you, you are never given your own textbook. They stay in the class too. So there'll be a drawer with your exercise books and, and there'll be one drawer for every year that that teacher or every class that that teacher teaches. Then there'll be another like set of draws that'll have all the textbooks in for each year for the curriculum she's using or he's using. So they will take out the textbooks and hand them out to the kids and they'll take out your exercise books and hand them out and then you put them all back at the end. So there was no need for lockers because you're not taking anything with you. The only thing yeah. you would ever carry with you is your planner, which has all of like your classes for the day. Like obviously, I don't know how it works in America, but we had my school had two weeks in a planner so you had week a and week b so week a would be the same with however many classes in whatever place you had them then week b it would swap to different classes and then week a it'd go back to week a again and then go to week b and week a and week b and so on so that you would switch between your classes so that you had a mix of classes each week um so you'd keep your planner with you but eventually my school switched to pocket planners which was the size of like a pocket so you could put them in your pocket anyway and didn't need to carry them in a bag anymore so then the the only reason you have a bag is if you were bringing your like PE kit like your gym kit um on the days that you have that or if you had like your pencil case and things like that I got 
I didn't do PE because I hated it. So I, I just avoided it like the plague. So when they switched to pocket planners, I used to just put my pens and pencils in my blazer pocket because obviously I had school uniform and then my planner in my pocket and just not even take a bag with me at all because there's like no need to. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's we, the we bigger, them. that's the biggest uh, difference between them because every homework that I had to do, we always needed the textbook to complete our homework. Yep. So it, it like we always had to bring all the books from every subject home and then bring them all back to school. So like yeah, I had I a huge that. book bag, like giant, like it basically was like a big gym bag that I had over one shoulder <laughs> full of books. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we didn't we didn't do stuff like that. Obviously, originally teachers would usually assign you homework that you could like essentially do at home by from memory because it was kind of a it was more like a memory test to see how much you'd remembered and paid attention to. We started to have like certain things that we'd have to take home. But what the teacher would do if you needed to take homework home with something from a textbook is she would photocopy the like the double page spread or whatever of that other page out of that textbook, say 30 times and give one sheet to each child as you left so that you took a sheet home with a photocopy of the textbook. They don't like you to take the books home because then if you lose it or break it, it they don't, see, they're paid for by the school. Here see, like, in America, that, makes... that teacher would probably get fired. Yeah, that makes more sense to me is like, okay, let's see what you remember from from class. Try to do this. But what they would do is they would teach things in class and then your homework would be of things they did not cover in like class. Like more. you had to learn yeah. on your own. Like yeah, read yeah, the no, next chapter, complete this quiz over the chapter to show that you yeah. actually read it. Yeah. A really a popular homework that I can think of when I say popular is one that everybody hated the most. When I was doing my geog geography GCSE, um, it was a requirement to make flashcards for our coursework that we had to do. And we had to make flashcards for every single different um, feature in um, like geographical feature, you know, like um, like at the edge of a cliff, for example, when you get like the archway from the water eroding underneath and then eventually you get like a stack when it when it breaks down and becomes just a stack in the sea. We had to like write all these different things about features. And so during that time, we had to take home like this big text and turn this massive amount of text into just one flashcard for each one. And it took like forever. And we had, and we had to do one every week for like, like, a, like five or six of them every week for, for the whole term. It was really a nightmare. But what the teacher would do is she wouldn't trust us to take home our textbooks. So instead at the beginning of the year, knowing that we would have to do that, she made her own like stapled, like photocopied versions of the textbooks. So she'd photocopy all the pages out like 30 times and then staple them all together into little books and give us all them photocopied in black and white because it's cheaper to replace to like lose black and white photocopying than it is to lose a whole textbook that we had, then she has to buy and replace out of the school budget because schools mm. don't have a budget big enough to buy textbooks for each individual student if you're going to lose them so they would buy we didn't even buy them one each you would they would because we sit in twos we didn't sit in single file in, in class in the uk we sit in tables of two they would buy one textbook for every two students because you just have it in the middle of your table between two students hmm. now we um, would they would give each student a textbook but if you lost it you your parents would then have to replace it yeah 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 it was <laughs> lost or damaged you either paid for it or didn't graduate if a teacher ever was going to actually send a book home <laughs> Like, because there are obviously situations where they might have done that, you know, like there will be like when I was at school, there will have been situations where we had like one particular assignment that they just really needed to have the book for. Or, you know, there, there will be individual situations. I just remember my teacher sending our book home one time, like a few times for, for homework. And I just remember them always having at least one student that came back without their book and they just infuriate them and create a whole problem. Whether that was their textbook or their own exercise book that they'd, that they'd lost. And th the biggest problem with that is 
they can't really force you to pay for it because what are they going to do? They can't threaten you with a graduation. We don't graduate. So there's not really anything that they can do to force your parents to pay for it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, they can try, but it's not really going to work because the par- your parents can just say no. They can't not let you go to school because it's the law. They have to let you go. They can't kick you out of school because you didn't bring a textbook. It's not a reasonable enough reason to be, like, excluded <laughs> from school. And because there's no graduation, they physically can't make you. That's why I got away of not doing PE because I knew they couldn't make me do it. They couldn't physically force me to, to do anything with my body that I didn't want to do because I didn't. And they couldn't say, well, you won't graduate because I didn't care because there was no graduation, mm. you know? So they, used, they always used to say to me, you'll end up growing up to be unhealthy. And I was like, all right, I'll live with it. <laughs> So, <laughs> you know, because there's nothing that they can really do about that. So, so Heather, is, yes. uh, how about Canada? Are you more like the U.S. school system, or are you more like the British school system? No, it sounds like I'm more like the the U.S. um school system. Like, yeah, we would. I would. I'm right there with you with a big back um backpack full of books and having to bring home all my homework and then take it all back again. Uh, we did you know have the lockers when we got older. The mm-hmm. worst thing about not having a locker is because we had to wear school uniform, we had to like blazers, things like that. You're not allowed mm-hmm. to wear like a jacket or a coat and stuff at school once you're on the school premises. Like once you walk through the gate, you just take it off. You're not supposed to wear it. And um, so you would have to, if you really wear that cold, you would have to buy like the proper school, like un- like 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 a sweater vest to go under your blazer. Like you've seen in Heartstopper, there's people wearing mm-hmm. sweater vests under the blazer. Mm-hmm. You'd have to buy like the proper school one if you wanted to wear one at school. So one of the best things that having lockers, I think, would have been for for me is that I would have been able to wear my coat to school, take my coat off, put it in the locker. But instead, mm-hmm. what we all did, because we didn't have lockers, is we had to hang them on the back of our chairs in each class. So we'd go into class, hang out, because our coat would have to be over your arm when you're walking through the corridor or in your bag. You're not allowed to have it like on. So then I'd go to class and I'd hang my coat over my chair and then I would get my put my bag under my table because obviously there's no lockers again, so my bag would be yeah. with me all the time. So I put my bag mm-hmm. under my table and then I would do my work and then I'd take my bag out of one of the table, put my stuff away, put my put my coat back over my arm, next class, do it all over again. Because there's nowhere like to put I couldn't leave my gym kit if I had one or I couldn't leave my bag if I only take the books I needed for that one class or not take my coat with me everywhere because there was nowhere to put them. So mm-hmm. you had to. Yeah, I mean, that's almost always the only thing I used my locker for was to hang my coat. Because I always just took all the books with me in my bag. I never bothered putting them in the locker in between classes. The only other thing would be if in gym class, because the gym had its own lockers. So I would have, I would put my whole bag in the gym locker when we were doing gym mm-hmm. class. And it, like I wouldn't change for gym because I, you know... Food. I think one of the biggest differences, I remember, because obviously I was a teacher before, I remember actually finding this out. For elementary school, the biggest difference people say for the US and the UK is that in elementary school in the US, you tend to rely, you, you, you national, your curriculum is very national view. Like you have a very, you, you, your teaching is a very national view, meaning like it mainly, it focuses heavily on, on like a national curriculum about your own country. Um, and about like your own country's history and things like that whereas almost none of the education that I had growing up in primary school and stuff was about my own country it's very broad it's very like like intercontinental interworld like it's very international like they really want you to learn about the world and stuff like that even when we learn about like the war for example in in your final year of school everybody does world war ii studies um, you always learn about it from perspectives of every country whereas I get the feeling from what I've been told from other people that in America you get mainly told about America's part in the war and how America well, was the reason you won the war and things like that 
Yeah. Well, I mean, in the in like middle school and stuff, you only mostly learn U.S. history. But when you go to high school, they have separate classes. They have U.S. history and then they have world history. But they're separate classes. Yeah, so in high school in the U.K., we just have the one history class and you learn like everything all at once in this. What's in what, Canada? Uh, that's another sorry. thing. We don't have middle school. Sorry. We don't have middle in school. Canada, we learned. I remember we learned about Canada, obviously, but then we also learned a lot about the U.S. And then we learned about the world. So it's like we learned about Canada, the U.S., and then the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's kind of crazy because you guys have like um, a really interesting system because you go to three different schools, which is kind of mind blowing mm-hmm. to me. Like having to change school three times, changing twice is is different. Like changing the one like to the two schools is hard enough. Mm-hmm. Going to three different schools, I think, would be really overwhelming for me. I and also, well, technically speaking, <laughs> I was going to say, technically speaking, if you include going to like preschool and stuff like that as well, and kindergarten, mm. then you probably change four times because. Well, if you UK... count that, then it's five for me. Yeah, <laughs> five for me Christ. too. Well, in the UK, preschool is called nursery, and like pre K is called mm. nursery, and kindergarten mm. is called reception. Well, actually, officially now they're called EYFS one and two because that means early years foundation stage. But like we still call them the old terms, which is nursery and then reception. And then you go into year one, two, three, four and five. They're actually part of primary school, like your elementary school experience, they're part of it. So you mm-hmm. go to like nursery when you're age like two, like three or well, usually three or four. And then you'll go to like um, reception when you're four to five. And then when you when you're five to six, you'll start year one and continue through primary school. So essentially you stay at the same school all the way up until year six when you turn 11. And then in year seven, which is when you are 11 years old, you start high school and that's when you switch school and you stay from age 11 until age 16 and then you leave. So when I uh, do like loads of different schools like you do. Yeah, because when I I had preschool, so and that was actually in a church at the time. (laughs) So I had preschool at a church and then kindergarten through eighth grade were all in the elementary school. Um, So that was... Yeah. And then we had middle school, which was, uh, oh, no, it was kindergarten through sixth grade. Was in the elementary school. Right. Uh, or fifth grade. No, yeah, because middle school was sixth, seventh and eighth grade. So okay, through fifth grade was the elementary grade. school. And then sixth, seventh and eighth was middle school. And then I was bullied so mercilessly in middle school that I changed schools. Right. Uh, but then when I changed schools, the, the 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 school system I switched to, they had ninth grade in the middle school, so I had to go to a brand new middle school for one year, and then I went to the high school, which was tenth, eleventh, twelfth grade. Uh, so that's why I ended up with an extra school in between because they had it. They had an, their their the town I went to school in only had th- through eighth grade in middle school, and then you went to high school. The town I switched to because I wanted to transfer schools. They had ninth grade in a different middle school, so I had to go to that middle school first, and then go to the that town high school. So I don't know if you're actually interested, but I did actually find a piece of text that basically sums up the the biggest main differences with high school. If you want to hear it between our countries, yeah. for anyone that's interested, sure. it says when well, when you go into high school, in most cases, U.S. students continue with a broad liberal arts education a broad and liberal arts education with some choices that are of particular interest to the learner but not a concentration in specific areas british education system is focused with learners picking areas that they want to concentrate on themselves for their gcses instead 
And if um, it says, with GCSE and IGCSE learners choosing their subjects, they study them for two years at the final end of high school. Then they take an exam and receive a certificate, and it, which shows how they completed, and then they're done with the compulsory education. Some will then go to university, while others will choose to stay in school for another two years and do either the International Baccalaureate Diploma Program or A-levels and then go to university. During these years in the US, math and science are usually taught as independent and sequential subjects such as algebra, geometry, calculus and biology, chemistry, physics, etc. While in a British education system, they are always taught simultaneously as just science and just maths, which is true. We don't have separate classes like that. In the hmm. US, learners' grades are accumulated together to form a grade point average, while in British schools, learners receive their marks of completion by that final exam through GCSEs, and then they'll remain in school for their A-levels. It says colleges and universities in the US accept students based on their transcripts, teacher recommendations, extracurricular activities, and how the learner might contribute to the school community, etc. Whereas in the UK, universities offer their placements based purely on the predicted scores for the final exams of the students. Based on national average statistics, most children educated in a British style are a year or more ahead of their US counterparts in math and language. The philosophy in Britain is to ensure that each learner does as well as they can and is challenged to progress at a rate over and above the rate that average learner would make in an average school. So apparently, statistically speaking, children that are the same age in the UK are a year on average ahead in maths and language than in America. Which is interesting. So there's actual statistics to say we're smarter than you, so I'll take that. <laughs> Although, to be fair, like while there are differences, the end point, which is when we finish and you've been to college or in university or whatever, you're gonna you're pretty much at the same place, regardless of the way that you do it. It's just that um you I suppose tend you tend to keep your kids longer because obviously they have to stay at high school till they're eighteen and then go straight to university, whereas we do something else in the interim. I think the biggest difference really it's probably the fact that the classes are separated for you like like it said like algebra geometry calculus etc whereas in the uk you have just one maths class and like each term which i guess you call a semester you'll focus on something different but you'll always mm. have like a couple of lessons in there where you do the core math stuff just as like to keep make sure you brushed up and remember it all and then you'll do like well they'll just teach us however much algebra geometry and calculus etc trigonometry whatever they'll teach you exactly how much you need to learn to pass your exam basically and then the rest of it is just focusing on core mathematics. And then in science, the biology, chemistry, physics, you just, like I said, you just do it in one class. You just have one science class. And then if, say, for example, you were to have three terms, three main terms, like like you guys, like three semesters, then the first one will probably focus on chemistry and the second one will focus on physics and so on. And you'll have the same teacher throughout, if that makes sense. Like you don't have a different teacher for each one that specializes. In the UK, in order to be a teacher in a subject, you have to be capable of teaching other things too like that's kind of the rules if that makes sense so even if you have a specialty say your specialty is physics you're still going to be teaching children chemistry and biology as well because that's that's how it yeah. works here you'll teach you them have all. to uh um you have to do that too yeah i assume that in uh the u.s well. like even though you teach a special like if you have to it doesn't have to like be a different type of class like if, as a science teacher you wouldn't be required to teach math but like if yeah, you're the chemistry similar, teacher yeah. you have to be able to teach like biology and, and whatnot yeah like, you have so to be able to know how to do all of them it's the same like kind of fibers here then yeah like for example my drama teacher was actually an english major not a drama teacher not a drama major <laughs> But like obviously it crosses over because she was she she was a literature a literature major primarily so it crosses over you know mm -hmm. 
as long as they can cross over, then obviously they can teach it, but it just they just have to have a relevant qualification. And I think the only other key difference would between our countries then would be university, because like I said, they take I've read I've heard about this a lot about kids doing extracurricular activities and things like that to try and get their co- better college offers and things in America. But we don't have to do any of that because they will give you your place in in university here based purely on your scores. They ask you purely for like so your A levels are three different grades that you get. So you'll get like say I did. For my A-levels, I did psychology, business studies, and geography. They'll say to you, we want you to have like a BBC, which means they want or a CBB or an ABB or whatever. So it means like they want you to have like a grade A in one, a grade C in one, a grade B in one. In order to be able to get into this course, you need to have those three grades, for example. Um, and that's it. They just base it purely on your, on your academic achievement. And that's it. So whereas in America, obviously, they take a lot of other things into consideration as well. And you tend mm-hmm. to go to university for a year longer than we do too. Oh, and it costs a lot more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you guys know that we're that our university is funded? Yep. We have to pay it back, but only if you make a certain amount of money. You have to make twenty one thousand pounds salary a year or more to pay it back, which is by UK standards, a, a, by UK standards, it's a good salary. Oh. Perfectly livable. So, I mean, I think they increased it recently. It it depends obviously on what your family's like. If you're a single person or just in a couple making twenty one thousand pounds each, you're gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, if you've got a family of six and you've got only one twenty one thousand pound a year salary, then yeah, you're probably not gonna be fine. But it you know, it depends on your on your personal situation. But if I was like on my own, a twenty one thousand pound salary would be more than enough for me to be just fine and probably go on vacation once a year and things like that. Um I think that while you have to pay it back in the UK, it doesn't count to like your credit rating or anything like that. It doesn't affect your credit score and stuff. So like there's big benefits for it because obviously you don't have to worry. Like when you're growing up, your parents don't have to panic about saving for a college fund. You know, there's never any of that fear that your kid might not be able to go to college because you can't afford to send them, you know? Um, and there's never that fear that they're going to have to take out a massive loan that's going to like ruin their whole life because the loans here are very reasonable and, you, if you for example start paying it because you're making twenty one thousand pounds if you then lose your job they pause the payments you know so it's not like it's you're not signing a death warrant like you are there i feel like <laughs> just by mm-hmm. going to college so i feel yeah. like in america and and or in north america you kind of like signing your life away until you've paid off your student loans so you know you got to be fair though despite the fact that it's, there's, a, there's a funding system for college here you'll be surprised to know that we have way less kids that go to college than you do because it's just parents don't pressure kids like they do in America to go to college because they yeah. don't feel like it's as necessary. My sister, I went to college for a year and dropped out. My sister just graduated. She is the only person in my close family that has graduated college. My parents didn't go. My grandparents didn't go. Like none of my cousins went to college. I have one other family member that I can think of off the top of my head that went to college. Like that's a distant relative. It's very uncommon to have like multiple members of your family going to college here. So, and I don't ever want to act like this. Sometimes I think to myself, I really like to do other things. Like if I could go back right now, if I had to restart right now my career, I think I would want to be like a social worker or something. But the only reason why I don't do it is I don't want to go back to college. Anyway, it's a heart stopper. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say on that topic, we found out B's favorite character. Who's yours, Heather? Darcy. Oh, yeah. I really like Darcy. Mm-hmm. 
she I, I'm hoping season two she gets a lot more complexity to her character. Yeah. You know what happens. I you haven't seen the, the show, so I haven't I have no clue how if they're going to change anything. James is like she show. gets way more complexity. Meanwhile, James knows because he's red ahead that she gets hit by a bus and that's why she's complex. No, honestly, oh, in the God. books, she's not that much of a character. Like she's occasionally there oh, with like a couple sentences in the book, but she had a lot more screen time in the show than in the book mm. for season oh, one. So you want her to have like more of a character than in the book then? Yes. Yeah. Which one's that? Sorry, I missed it. Darcy. Darcy. Oh, right. Yeah. I I like Darcy. She's Yeah. Um, but we, we got B's favorite character. What about you you two? Well Heather just said Darcy. Oh that was that was oh. mine. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's what I said. I, that's what I meant. I didn't I didn't hear what was going on because I was reading. So someone sent me a message I was reading. Uh and how about you, James? Well, of course, I have to love the golden retriever, Nick. Mm-hmm. And I love Darcy, just not as much as Nick. But I think overall, my favorite character from the TV shows and probably the book is uh, Tori. Mm. I, I like Tori, too. Yeah. My favorite is also my favorite is Nick. Uh, I relate more to Charlie. Like I feel like he lived some of my life, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I think Nick is my favorite, mostly because I wish I had a boyfriend like Nick when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody wishes they had a boyfriend <laughs> like Nick. <laughs> oh, and I, Isaac! I, like my I forgot boyfriend. about Isaac. Thank you. Yeah, oh, yeah. but just thank Nick. And the cool thing about <laughs> Isaac, he wasn't even in the books. Yeah, I think he's re- a pl- replacement of Elan because he's ne- they've never even mentioned him. Mm-hmm. What did you call him, though? Elan. I thought it's... it was like Alid or Alid. Maybe I I I only read the I've only yes. read the book once, so his name I, is I just know Alid it or Isaac. Al- Elder Alid, Elid, last. Alid. Okay, I thought it ended in an end for some reason. But yeah, so I think he's supposed to be that character, but obviously they've changed him somewhat, so they could go anywhere with the character because mm-hmm. he's not technically the same. But I think Alice said something about since he gets his own book, she wanted to put in a completely new character. Gotcha. Um, and then. Imogen is also a made-up character for the show. She's not in the book either. Oh, okay. And she's the one that taught us all a new word, chirpsing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we did ask to be some of the British slang that we didn't get the from the times we watched it before. <clears throat> I mean, some of it you can figure out from context clues. Like, I assumed she meant something like basically DMing people or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So is there anything that you guys want to talk about? Like any of your favorite moments? Did anything you didn't like? Two. I liked everything. <laughs> I like 
the one thing I really noticed is that there's not a lot of really sad moments, but there are some, but they're, they seem to not last very long. And then it goes into another moment where it's really heartwarming. Mm. And I just like, I just feel like I smile a lot when I'm watching it because there's so many heartwarming moments in the, in the TV show. Yeah. I like One thing said- I hated though was how they ended the freaking relationship with uh, L and Tao. Hmm. Yeah, I they really can't leave us on that dang cliffhanger. Yeah, <laughs> they needed a storyline. Like, kiss already, kiss, games. kiss. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily. They're not even main people. They're Charlie and Nick's backup characters. I mean, they're more main characters in the show than they are in the book, but. Like, they are Kelly and Michelle to Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Damn, I was going to say something else. James put it right out of my head. Oh, uh, something about what B said. Oh, that, um, that they don't have, like, a lot of other, like, movies or shows that have, like, drama and whatever. They're always, like caused by lying when you when the honesty would have just like been simpler and solved the problem oh, right and she was like that that's so refreshing that they're just like honest and it, it works out mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh hey charlie i told imogen i would go on a date with her but i really don't want to go on a date with her <laughs> right Riveting. <laughs> Are you audience used to like large gaps of silence while you think about what you want to say next? Yeah. <laughs> there must be all like old men just eating their TV dinners. Like uh, Heather, B just called you an old man. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, B. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Uh, so anything. Did you guys have any like favorite moments or anything? One of my favorite moments is when Nick shows up in the pouring rain. Oh, I was yeah. like, yes. <laughs> oh, my favorite moment is when he when Charlie finally tells Ben off on the soccer field. Or the track and the track field or whatever it was. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, B was right, he should have like you know, finished with a kick to the head. <laughs> I wanted those two to kiss at the end. I wanted uh, that one guy to get run over by a car. And I wanted, <laughs> um... yeah, that was it. All right. Uh, so predictions then for next season. Do you... a couple of things that I do know just from the the trailers and from things people have discussed online that there's a trip to Paris in season two. Um, And then uh, I know that a lot of people online were asking that Imogen get a boyfriend because a lot of, even though she's a made up character, like they, they felt like she handled the rejection by Nick and then like, Basically, they they people ended up really liking her, so they want they. I know a lot of people were like, "Give Imogen a, a boyfriend or whatever." So I'm assuming she's probably going to get a boyfriend this season. I don't know who, but well, I'm very excited to find out. Yeah, and hopefully it's not Harry. <laughs> oh God. 
<laughs> I would not like that very much. Harry very much annoys me as well. Mm. So yeah, fun. Well, I'm assuming season two is going to have more of the story of of L and Tao. <clears throat> yeah, I'm hoping that they get together. Because it I'm seems. Sure. It seems like they both want it, but they're just both so anxious about it, they can't even say anything to each other. Mm. So, you um, know, seatbelts, this is out of off topic, if you like. I've got a topic. <laughs> you know, seatbelts are supposed to, like, the bottom part's meant to go over your legs, and the top part's meant to go over your chest. Over yeah. your legs? Yeah, that's my like thought. Exactly. When I saw oh. that, I was like, oh my God, I've been fat my whole life. Because <laughs> <laughs> my seatbelt doesn't go over my legs. My seatbelt goes across my belly. Yeah, same. <laughs> because my I legs mean... are not accessible by my lap. My top of my lap is not accessible by my by my um, seatbelt. Because like my when belly I wear one, it. it goes where like my legs bend up to meet my waist. Yeah, it's yeah. meant to go there. But when you've oh. got a big belly that hangs over... It goes on top of your belly instead. <laughs> no, you just tuck it under the belly. That's yeah, what yeah, I do. Makes, but when I do that, when I when I tuck it under my belly, it makes me feel hyper aware that I have a belly, wow. and I don't like to think about. Well, that. see, I'm always hyper aware that I have one. What do you know? What I was doing earlier. I think I'm guessing this is like a bigger person thing, but I don't know if this is a woman thing or not. But I was sat earlier, and I could feel my back fat go, like just folding over on my when I was sat down on my chair, and I was just like, I absolutely fucking hit myself <laughs> and i specifically got up and put some spanks on even though i'm not going anywhere just purely to squeeze my back in so that i don't feel like a big like just lump of fluffy freaking marshmallows that on my desk well see i would rather be fat and happy and full than thin and miserable and always hungry no i'd rather be thin and miserable because I would, I would look nice while doing it. <laughs> I think big people can look nice, but I just because I like never look at anybody else who's bigger and think badly of them ever. But I just hate myself. I'm just really hard on myself. Like I literally never see an overweight person and think like, oh, they look like shit, like ever. But when I think <laughs> about myself, I just I'm so hard on myself. I've anyway, actually yeah, the seen. The reason I said that is I saw I... a picture of somebody wearing a seatbelt, and I was like, it goes on your lap. <laughs> You were saying? I was just gonna say that I've actually seen um, models, like plus size models, that are bigger than me, but I feel like they look like better than me. They look a million times better than me. That's exactly how I feel. I feel exactly the same. I just, you know, what my problem thing is for me. I just can't seem to lose weight. I really do try to be careful about what I'm eating, but like. I'm I'm I have no willpower, and no matter how hard I try, I either always fail, or if I'm if I'm doing well for a while, I just don't lose it anyway. So then I give up. <laughs> anyway, there. Yeah, that's that was my random talk topic about seatbelts. To <laughs> <laughs> do a whole issue about seatbelts and why you should wear them. I like that. What, what, what are you doing, by the way? Uh, I'm talking with mods. 
Well, right, okay. So the hearse has just zoned out. In case anyone <laughs> <Sorry>. interested. <laughs> I'm assuming it was a waste. Yeah. Yeah, so we're just zoned out. Why? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, I I deleted a thing about somebody talking about their age because, like, what they said, you could easily figure out what their actual age was. Mm. And Awaste wrote something in the logs about that they're allowed to say stuff as long as the exact number. And I was like, well, it was really easy to figure out with basic math. Yeah, though. I told Awaste that I told <clears> you it was fine to delete. Yeah, so they they privately messaged me to apologize, and I was like, it's fine. I'm like, I actually asked James before I deleted it anyway. I don't care. I'm, it's not like I'm mad or anything. Huh? I zoned out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even lying. I, I was reading what you said. Rob was why. saying that he hopes <laughs> that Charlie and Nick break up in season two. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. I'm sure there's going to be some kind of complication, though. I, I'm, I guarantee it. Um, I will say I did watch some of episode one before we decided to do this. So I do know it, that season two picks off exactly where season one ends because mm-hmm. Nick does talk about telling his mom the night before that he about them being boyfriends. So I, it literally picks up the next day after the ending of season one. <clears throat> I'm worried. I actually um, I don't know. I have the sense that maybe um, Tori and Darcy are going to have some problems. And so I'm mm-hmm. kind of worried about that. Yeah, because they did have some like little yeah, issues in the a little bit of tension. Season. Yeah, maybe. I do know also that Nick has a brother, um, and his father doesn't live with them. So I'm guessing his mom is divorced. So I'm I think we'll probably see more of Nick's family in season two because we've mm-hmm. seen most of of uh, oh my god I forgot Charlie's about family. his brother. Um, Charlie's brother ha- is not, they've erased him basically because in the book, Charlie had a oh. little brother, but he doesn't seem to have it in the show. So I don't think he has a little brother in the show. Did he have a sister <clears throat> in the book though? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Tori, oh, yeah. Because she was always. She has her own book actually. Tori was the first one. Like she started with Tori as a, a story. Oh. And then Nick and Charlie were in Tori's story. And then she made right. Nick and Charlie a whole separate thing. <clears throat> I think I got Tori. Darcy's girlfriend's Tara, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got Tori and Tara mixed up. <laughs> yeah, no, Tori is Charlie's sister and Tara's Right. The yeah, so I meant girlfriend. I think Tara, Tara and Darcy might have some issues. Yeah. Yeah. But I really hope that Tao and Elle get their stuff together and get together. Mm-hmm. Um, well, unless anybody else has any more predictions, I guess that's it for now. Um, I do know that Heather sent me a science corner. I don't remember what was on. I'm looking it up right now. So I did read it, but now my, my, my brain is blanking about what it was. It had to do oh, right. with older. Yeah. Like sense, smells. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so... Like, they've always said that smell is linked to memory, like certain smells will trigger memories in people. So now they've been doing a study to help patients with memory problems or even dementia by um, 
putting different scents in the room while they're sleeping for certain hours of night. And it says that most uh, men and women aged 60 to 85 with memory impairment were all given diffusers, each containing a single different natural oil. People in the enriched group, um, their cognitive abilities increased by 226%. What? So, yeah. yeah. Is this a science, Connor? Yep. And so a lot. What is the thing that increased your cognitive ability? Um, scent, certain like putting certain smells into a diffuser at night while you sleep. I uh, said any scents worked. Uh. I I know that mint is supposed <laughs> to really help. Because I remember when I was in university, and they were saying, "Oh, you should chew gum while you study, like chew mint gum while you study," and mm. then also chew the gum when you're doing the exam, and somehow. Um, when you're chewing um, the mint gum, like the smell of the mint while you're doing the exam will help you remember what you're reading when you're chewing the mint earlier. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so any kind of basic study strong that smell. you're talking about. So the uh, like what is what is studying is what I'm trying to get at. Oh, what like for me, um, no, just like, like in general, rereading over your notes. Um, oh, I yeah, used to I like. Oh, I used to reread my notes. I used to rewrite my notes because rewriting my notes actually helped um, make cheat sheets and then go over the cheat sheets. Um, not take them in with me, but just to like make the notes into a smaller, like as I learned one part, I could like take that off the cheat sheet. So that's how um, I used to study. But yeah, so they got the idea for this study apparently from COVID because it uh, losing your smell is actually related to 70 different neurological diseases so and then with covid a lot of people lost their sense of smell and then afterwards even after covid went away they had like uh basically like cognitive impairment like it was difficult to think or concentrate for a long time afterwards so then they decided to kind of like reverse that and see if being able to smell like smelling stuff constantly while you were sleeping had the reverse effect and it does so that's the whole reason they started this and it, it seems to be a good uh good start so far like i said 226 percent cognitive capacity the reason i sent you that is because my mom is kind of like she's having a lot of dementia type um, impairment and so i was i'm going to try that with her because i'm really concerned so it's not like it's not basically it sounds like a good thing and it's not like it's going to be harmful if it doesn't actually work right. so. you know it's random but no i suppose it's on topic but i actually started to wonder for a little while if since i had covid like some something switched like in my brain because um as you will probably already know my friends know at least when i had covid the first time it was the first strain of covid it was very early on and mm -hmm. i thought i was gonna die um mm -hmm. i like I like fully expected that I was going to die. Um, and I called like the emergency line and everything. And I was like, I think I'm dying because like I was real. I'd never been that sick in my whole life. I couldn't move. I couldn't get up. If I got up, I threw up. Like I could barely move to pee. And it was like 10 days of just like the worst hell in my life. Like I just, I genuinely hand on heart thought I was going to die. And I was just like accept mentally kind of accepting that I was going to die. If you know what I mean? Which is kind of a really oh terrifying goodness. thing in. Yeah in like itself because when i called them and said that i needed like help they literally said to me the hospitals are too full there's nothing we can do you need to stay at home and hope you get over it and i was like jeez oh, right okay 
But like the thing is, is like, I really, I couldn't lift anything. I couldn't even walk up my stairs. I had to sleep on the couch. I couldn't go upstairs to my bedroom. I couldn't get to the bathroom without help. I needed like help to do everything for like an entire 10, 10 days or two weeks. It was just horrible. And um, like I had even said to my family, like I, I'm, I'm going to die. Like I really genuinely thought I was. Anyway, the point is when I eventually got over that, obviously it took a long time. But ever since then, there's things that I do now and sometimes I like I notice I'm doing it and I'm like really concerned about it. For example, you may not notice, you guys might because I type to you a lot, but when I'm typing, sometimes I think what I'm going to say, but almost like I start typing the next part of it midway, like I'll be midway through a sentence and I'll start typing a following word that comes after and miss like several words in the middle of what I'm typing, even though in my head I know I said it and, and my fingers, I, I swear I feel like I typed it. Then I look back at it and I'm like, I missed a bunch of words. Like, I'm not even realizing. Like, I'll type something out, for example, and I'll skip a word and start typing the next day. Like, almost like my brain is working faster than, like, I can physically move my hands, if you know what I mean. Which, But I was mm -hmm. never like that. I was always really fast at typing, really capable. Sometimes I notice now when I'm recording my YouTube videos as well since then that I do it when I'm recording too. Or even when I'm streaming, I, it's almost like my brain thinks faster than my body can physically, like create the words if that makes sense and so when I'm mm -hmm. speaking I'll miss out entire words sometimes or think I've said a word and then and then wonder why people aren't responding or like whatever and then I'm like did you not hear me and they're like no what do you say and I repeat it and I'm like did I actually even say it like did you ever even hear it in the first place or did I just not even say it and I just mm -hmm. it's just small little things like that and then also I can't my I can't hold my breath for as long I can't mm -hmm. like climb up um I mean I'm 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 out I'm overweight and out of shape too but like even more so than ever I struggle to like climb stairs and and walk for long periods and all sorts of other things like that so I just feel like these things like I like I was never really good at, hold, at having like not getting exhausted by things like I said I'm out of shape but um never as bad as I am now when my brain function I always felt like I was really quite intelligent but there's a lot of stuff that like really basic things that you should be able to do with your brain that I feel like my brain just doesn't do anymore if that makes sense mm. which I never I didn't know about the whole like losing your smell thing of having neurological connections and stuff but I lost my smell for a really long time I don't feel like it ever really fully came back to be as strong as it was before but mm. um yeah I definitely noticed since then that there's like lots of things that I try and do and I'm not as efficient or as capable as I used to be if that makes sense. Mm. So, but I don't know if it's connected because nobody, there's no way for us to ever really know, is there? Until it's, there's been enough right. time, there needs to be enough time passed for them to do studies on these things. But for the time being, because like if I said this to the set, if if I said this to a different group of people, they'd just say it's a vaccine's fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, we can't really know until the time comes that proper studies are put in place to actually find out. Yeah. One one thing I've noticed since COVID that I thought was really strange, like since I've had COVID, is that like prior to having COVID, if I got sick, it'd just be like a day, two days, you know, and it yeah. wasn't that bad. Or even you'd be sick, but you could still work or whatever. But now it's like since I've had COVID, if I get sick, I'm like in bed. And even though I'm testing, I'm not, I don't have COVID because the test is coming back negative, but I feel like I can't get out of bed. I'm so much sicker than prior to having COVID. And my brother-in-law calls it long COVID. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Yeah. All right.
Um, does anybody have any life advice since our life, neither of our life advice people are here? Nope. Wait, what's what? Now? We're all a shambles. Don't cook bacon <laughs> naked. Life advice. Okay, don't cook Just bacon about... naked. That is good advice. I get splattered all the time when I'm trying to cook bacon. Unless I do it how... in the microwave. How about be kind to others because you never know what they're going through? There you go. There's an actual, like, like philosophical one rather than just a i mean james is this practical you shouldn't cook bacon naked, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah at least put on an apron <laughs> i mean don't cook bacon in a microwave would be my life advice what a weird thing to do i mean i have a plate that's specifically made to cook bacon in the microwave it yeah, tastes I've... fine <laughs> Hmm. Anyway, thank you all for joining us. Um, B, where can people find you on the interwebs? Just Google B players. I'm famous. You'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Uh, James, where can people find you? Uh, look up my link tree. The name is Glorious Coma. And Heather. Um moderating these twitch streams <laughs> i don't have i don't have any social media for people to really follow me on okay you, you don't have a, i thought you had twitter um you don't I have do. to give it if you don't want to but <laughs> um right. usually you can find me hd underscore rblx everywhere but um yeah i just really repost other people's stuff i don't really post I anything thought you changed it um my um display name has changed but i think the uh, the account name is still the same i think i'd have to check all right uh and you can find me at confessor underscore x on twitter and at uh and uh, twitch.tv slash confessor x on twitch um thank you all for joining us and as always no you don't say it heather's but, a newbie oh yeah that's right heather you gotta say it. it's your first day Fuck Booster Gold? Yep. No <laughs> Fuck Booster Gold. Bye, everybody. Fuck Booster Gold. I'm the kind of oh, pretty. I tried that life and said goodbye. I would like to fuck Booster Gold. Hey, I'm proud of myself. I said it without being prompted. I remembered. I'm simply unprepared. <laughs>